All right, today's daf is daf Ayin Zayin, page 77. We're going to go back, though, to the bottom of Ayin Vav Beis. And we are going to pick up from the beginning of the Gemara, Bez Hashem, today we're going to be Zaycheh, to finish the Heliga 7th parak of Gittin, and start the 8th parak, which is going to be very exciting. One of the reasons why the 8th parak will be very exciting, every daf's exciting, it's going to be really topics that we haven't discussed. It's going to be topics, we'll give a little... Uh, Opening introduction when we get to the eighth parak. In the meantime, let's wrap up the seventh parak. Where we are going through various scenarios where um, a husband gives a get to his wife conditionally. Okay, he gives a get to his wife on condition he doesn't come back in twelve months. What if he says it's going to be effective in twelve months, or if he says it's going to be effective today? So he doesn't come back later. That means it was already effective retroactively. So you could potentially have a get that became effective once a husband died. Because a husband dies later, but he had made a statement of retroactives has come out. Right? So we gave a number of different circumstances. Let's, let's restart the Gemara about 10, 11 lines from the bottom. Tana, we learned in a b'risa. Rabbi Seinu hitiru alinosei, or chachamim, were matir her to remarry. Okay? Now, that's a case where a husband says, if I don't come back within 12 months... You're going to be divorced. And Lamaisa, he doesn't show up. Even Rashi said, even though he didn't say me'achshav, the assumption is he means from the day that he gave the get. Who are sharu mishcha, the ones who permitted the oil. Uh, I'm sorry, the sharu those who permitted, the, yeah, the oil of, of Bali Abay Dezara, Savi Lekarevyesi, because they hold like a base. They say this man of the star will be Mechiach, will prove what the intention of the husband was. Okay, Amr of Abba Braid, Ravchiyah Baraba, Amr of Yechanan, Reviewed in the Sea of Nashar, Gamliel Bar Rebbe Haira, Paskind like like Rebbe Yaisi, that she's not allowed to, that, uh, I'm sorry, that she's permitted to remarry. But everybody else in the yeshiva did agree with him. And some say that it wasn't everybody else in the yeshiva, but throughout his lifetime, they argued on him. said to an elderly person, when they permitted this woman to remarry, to be permitted to remarry immediately. What does it mean immediately? As soon as we hear that the husband passed away. Can she now remarry, even if the 12 months are enough? See, here's what happens. You have a husband who on Rosh Chodesh, Elul, coming up, next Rosh Chodesh, yeah? He has a husband on Rosh Chodesh, Elul, says that uh, if he doesn't come back in 12 months, she's divorced. He dies two months later. So do you have to wait till the end of 12 months for her to remarry and say, oh, now at the end of 12 months, the get is effective retroactively? Or do we say the husband's gone, the husband's gone? Okay? So is, is it immediate or do you got to wait? Do we better remarry because we know for a fact the husband ain't coming back in 12 months? Because that's when the Tanai is fulfilled and it takes at the end of 12 months for it to be fulfilled retroactively to go back in the beginning. Okay, so I hear you, Shiloh. Let's also ask according to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said the case of Meachshav. If a husband says this, you get from today, I'm not back within 12 months. And he dies within 12 months, I raise that get. It's considered a get. It's a valid get. Now, when? Do we say the get's valid right away? Because we know for sure he's not going to come back. 
So Gemara is just saying the same Shiloh we're going to have on the Bryce, we're going to have on our mission. When our mission says that when he uses an expression of retroactive, oh, and that she's permitted to remarry if he dies, you should ask the same question. Again, it's not a challenging question, it's a curiosity question. Immediately, or at the end of 12 months. So Gemara says, in a Hanami. You're right. We had the same Shiloh in our Mishnah. But because they were dealing with a specific circumstance, so they asked about the circumstance. But you're right. It would be the same Shiloh. Okay. So now that we know what the Shiloh is, so let's go ahead. Amr Abai. Abai says, Everybody agrees. Heicha. Where? The Omar. The husband says, when the sun comes out of its shell, this is going to be your divorce. Okay? What does that mean? No. Yeah, what does it mean when the sun comes out of its shell? Everyone's going to agree, top of today's daf. What he means is when the sun rises. So what happens is like this. A husband gives a get to a wife, whether it's in the afternoon, whether it's in the evening. And he says, when the sun comes out of its shell. Everyone's going to agree when the sun comes out of its shell, when it's noticeable. That, the next morning, they're divorced. Therefore, if the husband dies mitnacht, have a get lachamisa. Why? Because it's not effective till he's gone. He's already dead by the time it's effective. So she's a widow, she's not a divorcee. What if he said this is again on condition that the son will come out of its shell? What he means is from now. Why? Why? Because it's on condition that it will. How does that make an expression of Mayakshav? So the grammar is going to explain. Because Ravuna says the name of Rav. Whenever you use the expression of Manas, it means Mayakshav from now. And therefore, if he gives her a get at 7 p.m. and he says there's going to be, there's going to be effective uh, conditional that the sun comes out of its shell and he dies at 10 p.m., the halacha is they're divorced. She's not a widow. She's going to be a divorcee. She's not going to be a widow. Why? Because when you say almanas, so that means he's allowing the get to be effective at 7 p.m. when he was still alive. So she's a divorcee. She's not a widow. Where's there a dispute? If the husband says, this get is going to work if the sun comes out. Okay, now what does it mean if the sun comes out? So, now, let's just notice. What's the difference between if and when? When is making it dependent on time. If is making it dependent on a metzius. On a metzius, a reality of the sun. Okay? So, if you say if it comes out, so it's if not so... It comes out, so you're what, what does that mean, if? Maybe yes, maybe no. Okay, so what does that mean? It's unsure. There's, there's, more, there's more... There's more... Right, it's not as clear. Right. But okay. we say when, when means that it's coming out, it's only a question of what time of the day is going to come Beautiful, beautiful. So says the Gemara, when you say when, we know exactly what he means. So there's nothing, to, there's no conversation. What he means is what the get's going to, that, that's what's going to allow the get to happen. But when he gives over an expression that is unclear, if the sun comes out of its shell, what, what do you mean by that? It's not dependent on time. What, what does it mean? Right? So we have a machlaik. It's mar sovel akerv yaisi. Tamar's mani shal star mechirech alav. One opinion is going to follow Rabbi Yaisi who says the zman of the star will prove. Now we're going to look at the, the date or the time on the get. Babalekia yaimimaisi. 
And therefore, the date on the get is going gonna, is gonna to be as if he's saying, today if I die, the get's going to be effective. Or retroactively. It's as if somebody says, if I die, yeah? Sending as in, if I die. When you say, if I die, you're, we're not sure what you mean. It doesn't give, you're not saying, this is going to be your get if I die. That tells me that you want it to be effective originally? Not, not, not really. So the same thing, if you say, it's going to be effective if the sun comes out of its shell. Does that clearly tell me that he wants it to be effective retroactively? No. And he's not clear in that. And therefore, not necessarily is it going to mean so. And that's, that's the machlekes. Again, when it's the word im, but there's no machlekes if he makes it the word when. Okay. Two dots. Kiss with Turgat Lishti. A guy says, please write and give a get to my wife. Then they could do everything. Yeah? He tells them, he instructs them to do, it, to do everything. Now the question was, when do they have to write it? Do they have to wait till the end of 12 months? Could they write it before? Amar le Ravim al-Ravashi, Ravim al-Ravashi. Kusav get al-Tanai, kosher. If someone makes a condition al-Tanai, it's going to be kosher. How do you see over here that a get written al-Tanai is going to be kosher? Because he said that if I don't come back in 12 months, it's going to be an effective get. Now, how do you know if the condition... If you write the get while the condition is still in play, you're writing a get that is a suffix. Can you do that? Can you write a get that's a suffix effective? That's conditional. Or when you write a star get, it has to be that this is going to be a get. It has to be... Does it need to be... You're saying that when he writes a get this time... When the messenger writes again, he has no clue. Right, exactly. Why is that? Why? Because if the husband walks in within twelve months, then it wasn't a get; it was just a practice. The husband appointed a messenger write and give a get if I don't come back in twelve months. So now you have a messenger before the time's up, writing a get, can and and then giving it after twelve months. Can you write a get that's dependent on it tonight? You don't even know if it's an effective get. Lambdish Shashai. Gishmak Lambdish. Over here, right? So it does, does it blibe? Do you see from over here, if you're going to allow such a thing, then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, kosher, according to Rabbi Yaisi. The other sheikahs will hold no. You need to wait till you know, till all the conditions are out of the way, after 12 months. But if Rabbi Yaisi disagrees with that, he's going to hold it could even be written prior to 12 months. Which the Gemara says, low, not necessarily. Rebesi doesn't necessarily hold that. Really, Rebesi will say that if you write a, a get on condition, it's not valid. Okay, so what about our Mishnah? Our case over here is different. Since the husband could have said, if I don't come back, write the get, and give it. Right? Notice those words. Again, a husband says to messengers, if I don't come back in 12 months, write and give the get. What's clearly the instruction? After 12 months, write and give the get. However, what did he say in our Mishnah? The Amar, in our Mishnah he said, Kisvu, write it, Utnu, and give it, If I don't come back until after 12 months. What does he mean by that? What he means to say by that is like this. Kisvu may ask you to write the get immediately. 
utnu and give it imlaibasi after twelve months. And therefore it's a direct instruction of the husband. And there, Rebasi might say it's a valid get. But stamazai in general, when the, when you're not even instructed by the husband to do this, if there's a condition attached, it's not going to be a valid get. For Rabbanam, the Rabbanam, they say, either, either way, Lamaisa, what are we going to say? It's dependent on a condition. So even if a, a husband were to say to the messengers, write and give a get, and if I don't come back after 12 months, write the get, and if I don't come back after 12 months, give it. Even then, say the Rabbanam, you have a problem. Because at the time that you write it, you don't know if it's a kosher get. If the husband walks in after 10 months, you wrote something that's not even a get. Say so either way, no matter how you cut the, no matter how you want to slice this cake, say the chachamim, it's not going to be a kosher get. But that's the machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbonon. Tana Rabbonon, the rabbis learn, so shuila achar shavua. If a husband says, please write a get, and it's going to be effective if I don't come back after a Shavua. What is a Shavua? So over here, and very common in Gemara terms, it does not mean a week. It means a seven-year Shemitah cycle. So a husband says, I'm, if I don't come back after, the, uh, after a Shemitah cycle. Shana. So then what we do is, we wait a year till after that Shemitah cycle is over. Okay, now why are you waiting a year until after the Shemitah cycle is over? So here there's a big Chiddush. Says Rashi, if you, want, if you look in Rashi, um, it's before the new Perak, maybe the, the fourth to last Rashi. One, two, three, four. Fourth to last Rashi in the Perak. La'achar Shvua, you wait Shana. Rashi says, if a, you see the, you got it? Yeah? Yeah. Zegitech, if a husband says, this is your get, Imlai avai if I don't come la achar shavua zu, which means shmita zu, this shmita year, the shmita cycle. Mamtinin lai shana shminis. We wait the eighth year, which is the first year of the next shmita cycle. Why? Why is that? The chol shana shminis karuya achar shavua. The eighth year of a shmita cycle is called after shmita. So if you look at the husband's expression, he says, if I don't come back after Shemitah. So included in that is after, he could still come back after Shemitah. When's called after Shemitah? The eighth year. Once you hit the ninth year, it's not called after Shemitah anymore. That's called the second year of the new Shemitah cycle. Okay, that's what Rashi's coming to explain over here. What if he says, La'achar Shana? What if he says, after Rashana, after, after this year, not after a Shemitah, year, a Shemitah cycle, but after this year, or Chaydesh, after a month, or after this month, Shabbos, then we're going to wait one week until after. Says Gemara, what if he says, La'achar Shabbos, this gets going to be effective after Shabbos. My, what's the halacha? How soon after Shabbos? I'm sorry, if I don't come back after Shabbos. Yosef, Rav Zehra, Kamei, Rav Asi, Amalar, Rav Asi, Kamei, Rav Yechanan, V'Kamar, Chad, B'Shabbat, Shreit, Tlosa, Basar, Shabbata. This is famous, and there's halachic ramifications. You're allowed to make Havdallah up until Tuesday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of a week is still considered impacted by the previous Shabbos. If a person says, I don't come back by after Shabbos, so he could, if he shows up by Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the get is not effective. However, if he comes back Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is ready because the beginning of the next week. And therefore, if he doesn't come back by Wednesday, it's an effective get. If he walks in on Wednesday, he says, uh, uh, you know, I'm back. 
We say, it's a car, but you said after Shabbos. He said, it is after Shabbos. It's just four days after Shabbos. We say to him, tough. Not happening. All right? This is not after Shabbos. This is, we're almost ready for the next Shabbos. Okay. Last piece of Gemara before the end of the Perek. Tani, we learned in the Bechaisa, Rabbi Yom, Rabbi says, Lachar Regal, he says, after Yom Tev, Shloishim Yom. So we give him a month. We give him 30 days. Nofak Rebchiyah, the Shara Mishmei, the Rebbe. Rebchiyah went out and taught Allah in the name of Rebbe. Vikol Sua, and in Klai Yisrael, it was accepted. They mamish loved it. They praised it. Mishmei, the Rabbim. And then he said in the name of Rabbim, Velay Kol So you have to know who to quote when you're saying over the halacha. Yeah, he say, the name of Rebbe, psh, mamish, heilig halacha. He said, you know, this is what the Velt is saying. Said, Nobody was too impressed with the halacha. Uh, Alma, less hochs kavase. And since they weren't makabalit when it came from the Rabbim, less hochs kavase, we don't paskin like Rebbe, hadron alach, misha achzu, hadron alach, misha achzu, hadron alach, misha achzu, mazat, everybody finished heilig the seventh parak. Of Gittin, and now we start, we're right smack dab in the middle of Ayin Zion, Abad Aleph, and we begin the eighth parak of Gittin. Now let's give a quick introduction, because really new, new concepts that we haven't spoken about. One thing that we learned throughout our Masechta so far is, in order for a get to be effective, a man, the husband, must place the get biyada into her hand. We learned what's considered her hand, even her messenger. Okay. And even your property. Oh, so that's what this parak is going to be about. This parak is going to be about what about if I put it into her domain? Not her hand, not her appointed messenger. I put it into her property. What's considered a property? Okay? That's number one. Number two is what's considered a giving? Let me explain. There's a couple ways to explain what's her property. For example, the woman, the wife owns a estate. The husband goes and throws the get onto the tennis courts in her estate. Is she divorced because it's in her property? The answer is, it might depend, as we're going to see. Is the estate secure enough that this thing ain't going anywhere once you put it in her property? Then perhaps, yeah. It's considered as if there's shmira. There's a, it's gated. It's covered. Can't blow away in the, in the wind. So that's, that might be considered her property. Let's say it's just out in the open. Let's say she owns a farm and it's out in the open. Just because you place it in her domain, does that mean that she's divorced? That's going to be one topic conversation. That's on her end. What about on, what about on a different end? What's considered an action of Nasina? Let's explain. Let's say the husband may give a more. I was going to give a this keep with the same case, but it's not going to be so practical. Okay, let me mention what I was going to say. Let's say the husband puts it into a tennis court in her estate that's not watched, and then she builds a fence around the whole estate. That was what I was going to say. But you can say it much simpler. Let's say somebody puts something into somebody else's do, uh, domain yeah. and then after their yard and then afterwards they protect it. Is it considered like my giving was placed into a place of Shmira when it wasn't me that put it into the Shamor place? It ended up being Shamor. 
and a very practical halachic ramification is not only by getting, but when it comes to stealing. My item walks into your backyard. I have a dog. Walks into your backyard. Your fence is open. Your gate is open. Is that stealing on your part? That my dog walked in? No. You see my beautiful dog. You're like, hmm, that's a good looking dog. And you lock the fence behind the dog. Now the dog can't get out. You didn't actually steal a dog. You're just making sure the dog can't get out. Is that considered Geneva or not? Is that considered a taking? When I didn't actively steal it, I created parameters around it to protect it. Okay? So what we're going to be learning here is really focusing on the laws of Chatzar. Laws of Chatzar. The laws of, uh, laws of uh, courtyards and, and uh, thing, things of that sort. Very, really beautiful conversations, beautiful uh, concepts, but very much new for Masechus Git. New for Masechus Git. Okay, here we go. Eighth Perak. Right smack in the middle of Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph. Zok the mission. Hazorik get le'ishto. If somebody throws a get to his wife, here, catch. Vihi b'saych beisa. She's inside her own home. She's inside her own domain. Ay b'saych Or, she is inside her chatzir. So you throw it into her domain and she's there. Harezu migureshes. She's divorced. Meaning it's considered her hand. You threw it into her hand. Yeah, I'm sorry. You threw it into her house and she's in her house. You throw it into her courtyard. She's in her courtyard. She's divorced. Her property is considered her hand and she, she acquires the get. Zarak what if he throws the get to her and she's inside the house or inside the chatzar, even if he's with her in the same bed? She's not Megureshes. Let's say he throws it to her and he's with her. They're screaming at each other in the kitchen. So he takes the get and throws it into the living room. It's her house. He's not divorced. He's with her. Okay? However, if he throws it onto her lap or into her purse, that's considered biada. That's considered her hand. Okay. Now, this, again, again, doesn't even need to be her house. Let's give a case where it's both their homes, or it's his house. He owns the house. The deed's on his house. They're fighting in the kitchen, takes the get and throws it to her. So since it's his house, she's not divorced, unless it's in her private property. Ibn is something that's uniquely owned by her. That's the Kiddush of the Sefer. It has to be unique to her. Okay. Again. What's the law of the ratio? Into her domain and it's protected, she's divorced. Seifa, if it's not uniquely her domain and it's his domain, not divorced. Unless he puts it into her domain, which is in his domain, like her purse. Says the Gemara, Menonimili, where do I know this halacha? Which halacha? That it's still considered, Venasan biyada, 
placing it in her hand, even though I'm not literally putting it in her hand. How do I know that's true? The Torah Rabbanu, because the rabbis learned that's why the rabbis Vinasa Biyado, you put her hand in the other Yado, you know it has to be literally be her hand. Gaga, what if I put on her roof? Chatzir, her courtyard, Vikar, Fifa, or her, we'll call it her sunroom. Minayin, Hayrots of Alad Gat, Tamalemar Vinasan, Mikomakim. You place it in Mikomakim, which means anywhere in her property doesn't need to be her hand. And we learned the price similarly, Gabi when it comes to stealing. Okay? What happens? Somebody steals something, and we say, Vinimtza, we found the Gneva Biado in his hand. The Gneva's found Biado. I only know that he's Chayim Kefo. He's got to pay back double if we caught it in his hand. I don't know if I find it in his garage or his roof or his private domain that if I find it there, he also needs to pay Kefel. We surely find it. We find it anywhere in his, in his possession. The halacha is, it's considered his property. He's busted. He's going to have to pay back double. Same halacha by get that domain acquires as we find by a ganav. Says the Gemara Utricha, and it's necessary for the Torah to teach me this Kiddush both by get and by stealing. Why? If it would only told me that the property acquires by get, I would say, you know why her property acquires for her? Because we don't need her das anyway. We don't need her agreement. You could divorce her against her will. Yeah? So throw it in her property. Difference <laughs> her hand or her property. You can't steal something against your will. That's not called stealing. You can't force me to steal if I don't intend to take it. I would say that just because it's in my property, not necessarily is it considered an extension of him as far as this halacha. Therefore, the Torah teaches me, no, it is. Because you put it in your property. Or you're, you have it in your property. That property takes ownership. By stealing, I would say, maybe the Torah is fining him. We're taking this more seriously. Because you're a lowlife. You're stealing people's stuff with your property. But I didn't take it. You didn't take it. You're not letting the guy get it back. So we're going to knas you. We'll say it's in your property. Pay back double. I will get them a light. But by a get, why are we penalizing him? Why are we finding him for giving a get? Tzricha. Therefore, the Torah teaches with Allah in both cases. Says the Gemara. Chatzera. My Masha Konsa Isha Konabal. Says the Gemara. A basic question, which we're going to, we pretty much can guess the answer to. And that is, the beginning of the Mishnah said if he places it in her courtyard, she takes ownership. The Gemara asks, how does a woman ever own, how does a married woman own a courtyard if whatever a woman acquires belongs to her husband, isn't it always going to be considered his chatzir? So the Gemara answers, No, they wrote a prenup. Yeah? But not literally a prenup that we have, like, you know, we're, as far as splitting, but they made an agreement that this property, he has no rights over, he's not getting the produce from it, it's not Nechsei Malog, it's not Nechsei Tzayim Barzel, nothing. Okay. He says, but even that, who cares? How does that help? Somebody says to his friend, I have nothing to do with this field, I have no business with it, and I'm completely separated from it. You still own the field. Okay? Why? What it means like this, that if you have two people who own the field, and one guy says to the other, two partners, one guy says to the other, I don't do the field anymore. 
that doesn't automatically give the other partner complete ownership over the field. You need tachlis. You need tachlis. You need a star. You need a document. You got to do something to give to withdraw your ownership in order to give it over to somebody else. So Gemara is asking over here, yeah, that even if they had an agreement where they said, Dinu Dvarim, I'm not do with it, the bottom line, halachically, he is connected to it. So what does it help to make that agreement? It still shouldn't be considered completely her property. They agreed to do this while she was still in Arusa. So therefore, he no, he, at that stage of marriage, he didn't yet have any, you, you only take on the rights of fields when you take on the responsibility to feed her, which is after, uh, after Nesuin. And since he already waived the rights prior to Nesuin, it's going to be effective. See, once your partner's that's what we say, you can't just withdraw. You can't just relinquish. Over here we say, you did it prior. You could say, before any, anything took, anybody took ownership, you could say that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not taking ownership at all. And therefore, and we're found that if somebody has an inheritance that's coming, it doesn't come from a standard biblical place. It comes from a Okay, It comes from a dindarabonon. So what do we say? A person could say, I'm making a tonight that I'm not inheriting it. Not inheriting it. Okay, so anytime the Torah doesn't give over, over um, uh, automatic inheritance, you can like preempt the inheritance and say, uh, it's never coming to me in the first place. If somebody says, like in such a scenario, we will listen to him and you could withdraw your rights of ownership. Mike Gainzu, what does it mean like this? So we'll bring it around. What happened by the husband and wife? Over here is this last thing. And the last thing was, if you have a guy who's going to inherit something, not me, Din Tyra, you hear that there's somebody who, me, the Rabbanon, do through a rabbinic enactment, um, you're going to end up, whether it's for the sake of Shalom or for whatever reason, you're going to end up inheriting this guy. Before the guy dies, you can write a star, a document stating, I want nothing to do with his property. It's for whatever reason. Whatever reason. You feel the guy's a low life. You feel the guy that you're not worthy. You want somebody else to get it. So you, you could do such a thing. So the Gemara here is saying that whenever you're dealing with a dindra abanon, we find the, the rights to withdraw. Kigayin zu, like this case. A woman is able to say to her husband, yeah, you don't feed me and you don't get my money either. Okay? And that's where we say um, uh, a person's entitled to uh, a person's entitled to do such a thing. Now here's the deal. There's Gishmak. Ready? When does a husband very simple. Very simple. She's not the, he, he can he's not divorcing her. But in in a regular marriage, this is Allah Lamaisa. Mamish Allah Lamaisa. Okay? And there's there's right. couples that do this. For various reasons. It's not common on a first marriage. Not recommended. Uh, completely when you have a young couple getting married to go into this. But it is common with marriages that take place a little bit later in life. Where? I have some. One spouse will say to the other. The woman will say to the man, listen. I have a find a job. I have a find a job. You have your thing. I have my thing. Whatever the cheshbainas are. And some of the cheshbainas are very rational. Makes a lot of sense. 
you do not take any responsibility on my mezainas. You don't need to feed me. You don't need to put a roof over my head. I'll cover all my expenses. And in lieu of me taking complete care of myself, you have no rights to my property. You don't get my maizia dime. You don't get my... So since you find that a woman has a right to do that, again, here's another case. Oh, but that, okay, so that's done before... Yeah, anytime. It doesn't say here that it's done before. Yeah, it doesn't need to be done before. It doesn't need to be done before a marriage. What do you mean? In the middle of the marriage, a woman once could tell her husband, he's no longer right there. Once they're married, and then she, she's obligated to him. Whatever... Uh, no, he's the one who writes the, terms, the tuba. Whatever the terms of the marriage were. What are regular uh, Torah regular terms? Mar- regular marriage. What are terms of a regular Torah marriage? A husband and, writes aksuba to his wife. Right. That's it. Not right. the in-laws, not the parents. Right. Not the and, wife. And the aksuba says... That a husband is obligated... Responsible. Da, 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 da. Right. Right. Okay. So... She's not responsible at all. Right. She has no financial responsibility outside of five cella so to take care of the regular functioning she, of the home. So where does she come... So she can come in. Let's say she starts working. Yeah. Right, she starts working. She finds out she's doing pretty good. She has up doing pretty good. So she could she could say, "I'm I'm uh, I'm relinquishing your responsibility without him agreeing." Yeah, without him agreeing, because his right to my siyadayim is only because it's tit for tat. And if she says that tat is more than what than what's coming in, says no Christ. no Christ. Okay. So anybody has a right, that's Kigayin Zu. A woman, uh, this is not a, right? A woman could refuse a Gezeira Derabonon, which is extended to- solely for her benefit. Right. At a certain point, since the Gezeira Derabonon, a a woman could refuse it. Not afterwards, there'll be a Chiyah Ksuba, but I'm saying during the marriage, this rabbinic enactment, a woman has a right to do this. That's a strange. Okay. Rav Amar says, I don't understand. Even while you're asking about her property, I have a general question. Even if you put it in her hand, how's her hand even considered her hand? Yeah. Maybe a woman's hand itself is considered partially owned by the husband, so to speak. So his approach is going to be, rather, when you give her a get, her hand and her get are both going back at the same time. Therefore, it's considered v'nasam biyadad. Now, that's an assumption. But, based upon that approach of Rava, that this is happening simultaneously, so then, Hachanami, we'll say the same thing is true. We'll say the same thing is true. I guess what By a chatzir. Gita v'chatzir, abam gechad. We'll say that her, the reason why it's her courtyard is because the get and her chatzir are coming together. I understand Rav's question about her hand. He granted the card the uh, A husband gets rights to her earnings. Does any husband own his wife's body? You don't find such a thing. We don't find that concept. When a husband makes an acquisition, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to her ma'isiyadayim, or when it comes to her rights in marriage, that has to do with her body. Physical body. She's the one who owns her physical body. So, what's the connection of uh, what's bothering Rava in the first place? Amarle says back to him, Rava yada evet kokashle. Rava has an issue with how to free an evet. Lamanda Amar bishtar al yadei atzmai. So yada evet yad Rava dami. If you're going to say 
that you can give a document to an Evid. The question is, Lamaisa, by a servant, you own the actual body. So how can you ever give it to his hand? It must be that it's coming simultaneously. So Achanami, so too over here, by the get, when you're putting it into a courtyard, we'll say the same thing. Gita v'yadai ba'in ke'echad. Right? Hachanami, gita v'chatzera ba'in ke'echad. We'll say, to, say the same thing over here, that her, her uh, get and her hand, ba'in ke'echad, are coming together. Okay, in other words, in Hachanami, by a woman that wasn't Rava's Shaila, Rava's Shaila had to do with a, with a, with a star shikhr, with a, a get of, uh, a get of freedom. Okay. Vaitin. There was a fellow who thought he was halfway to the grave. He wrote again on Friday right before Shabbos and he didn't have time to give it there before Shabbos. The next day, which means on Shabbos itself, he was uh, started to be uh, gathered into his world. He realized that he's 90% gone. They came in front of Rava and they wanted her to be a divorcee and not to be a widow, but it was Shabbos. They were trying to figure out what to do. Omar Lahu, he says to them, Zilu Amrule, go tell the husband, Likni Liane Niale, he should give over the acquisition of the get, Lahu Dukta, to a place, the Yosef Lagita, that the get is resting on. You hear this? Tell the husband, to put the get on a chair and then give ownership of the chair over to his wife. And then she should go, not a chair, it means a, a room. Yeah, lock the door to the room on Shabbos and that's going to take uh, ownership for her. Yeah, but now, how's that going to work? Locking the door. Yeah, locking the door around the room. And the chair is... Forget the chair. Forget the Forget the chair. That we, the Ravas tells the husband, put the get in a little closet and give the ownership of the closet on Shabbos to her and let her lock the door to the closet and that'll give her ownership on Shabbos. Now, wh- why why this method? So the Gemara is going to explain. The Tanan. Because we learned in the Mishnah. Ready for this? Gavaldik. Noal, if somebody locked the door, Godar or built a fence, Parats or breached the fence, Kol shahu, the slightest amount, harezu chazaka, this is called a chazaka, this is called a, a, a status of, of uh, ownership. Okay? Omar lay, because in all these cases, you're directly impacting the object itself. So if you lock the door around the object, that gives chazaka. So you create a chazaka. Omar lay, Rav Elish le Rava, Rav Elish says to Rava, How's it going to help? Again, whatever the woman has, the husband said, so, so he was embarrassed. Rabbi thought, you're right, it wasn't a great idea. But the Rusahavi. Turns out that Rava was embarrassed. He thought he was wrong, but turns out he was right. Which, Lamaisa, you know why the Gemara is telling me this? A couple reasons. First of all, anybody can make a mistake. Secondly, by Tzadikim, even if they make a mistake, they're not making a mistake. If a tzaddik tells you something, you can take it to the bank. Even if he doesn't know why he's right, he's right. He's right. And if he's wrong, he's right. Even if he's wrong, he's right. The It turns out he was right. Rava, Rava says, If we say by Nesua, Barusa, and therefore he stuck to his guns. But then Rava said, 
really, I would be right either way. I would be right whether she was in Arusa or whether she was in the Sua. In other words, you could be kind of that way. Right, correct. Not, kind of Under these circumstances. Under these circumstances, they allowed it. Under the circumstances of... That we needed her to be divorced as opposed to being a widow. You're not allowed to be crying on Shabbos, but this way you put it. Correct. Correct. Okay? Hadar Amar Rav, the Gita and Rechatzer are bam ke'echad, they're coming at once. It says, Gemara, Amar Rav, Rav, already told us this halacha, Amar Rav, Ahai, Maisa, Amar He was referring to this story. Yeah, go ahead. You're allowed to do it, be crying anyway, because of the circumstances. Would it have to make such a kunda dick away? Just pick it up and hold it. Because over here you're establishing a chazaka, which is better to do on Shabbos. Than being a kind Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, to that. He throws her the get while she's in her house. So she's divorced. She has to be standing next to her house or next to her courtyard. You can't just throw it in there and she's out on vacation in Timbuktu. The fact you put in her domain makes her divorced. But it says she has to be there. Now, the Mishnah said that explicitly. You throw it into her courtyard, you throw it into her house, and she's there. Why are you telling me that she, that, uh, she doesn't have to be there? It says, Gemara, Hachi Gemara. Once you put it into her domain and her chutz or her house, she's divorced. Because it's as if you gave it to her while she's there. What does that mean? Since we're dealing with a chutz that's protected, again, it can't be an open chutz. It's as if she's there because it's protected. What does she help us? If she's there, what does it help us? We don't need her das. You know what it help us? helps us? Because she can protect the get. So if you put it into a chutz, that's protected. It's the same thing as if she's there. One holds the chutz, mom is considered an extension of her of her hand, and therefore she mamish needs to be there. The is like considered a shlichus, and therefore she doesn't need to be there. The same way she can send a messenger to receive the get with her not being there. The same thing holds true with the chutz. Says Gemara, that's not really what the mechlekes is. That's not what the mechlekes is based upon. That the chutz acquires it because it's an extension of her hand. One says that it's in her hand, which is the same way her hand is smucha, is next to her. So her courtyard has to be next to her. What do we next to her? Her hand is literally attached to her. Does that mean her courtyard has to be attached to her? No, that's not what it means that it has to be attached. Courtyard doesn't like shut up to be there. Like your hand. It just means nobody can take it away. Which excludes a courtyard that is protected, but not under her control. Which means she won't be divorced. But it has to be, as long as it's in a place that's the get is protected, she does not need to be there. That's going to be the other opinion. But it has to be hers. Yeah, it's got to be hers, but she doesn't have to need to be there. We had a machlekes whether she has to be there. So one says, no. One says, yeah, she has to be there, like her hand is right there. The other one says, her hand is not only there, it's connected. You can tell me her land doesn't be connected? That's not what it means. What it means is, when you put something in her hand, it's up to her to release it. Otherwise, it's guarded. So too by the courtyard, when you put it there, it has to be that, that it's... it's uh, Protected and under her domain. We'll hold it here for this evening. We'll pick up tomorrow with this 
Next story, Bez Hashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.